Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, the place where the Raider Nation calls home since 1998. What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT in studio today on a glorious day throughout the Raider Nation. There's a lot of news to get to, the big news. December 15th, 2021, the day that Las Vegas was officially awarded the Super Bowl. So the Raiders moving to Southern Nevada. We get the Super Bowl, and we get Super Bowl 58, and it truly is a great day. The president of the Raiders, Dan Ventrelli, will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk to him from Dallas as Mark Davis and several executives are in Dallas for the owners' meetings. Uh, Mark Davis spoke earlier today on a Zoom along with Steve Hill, along with Peter O'Reilly, the executive vice president of club business and events, and it's a big deal. They have a lot of confidence in Las Vegas as Las Vegas has been able to pull off or is about to pull off the Pro Bowl, the NFL draft, and the upcoming Super Bowl in a couple of years here. So the countdown is on for February 11th, 2024. That's Super Bowl 58. February 11th, 2024. For those who have lived in Vegas for a long time and who have heard me on the radio most of that time, I'd really like to get your opinion on how you feel today with the magnitude of this announcement. This is a great day for the economy of Vegas and what the city will look like. We'll get a good test with the draft coming up because reportedly the goal is to get about a million people for that, which is going to be pretty big. Vegas is always packed for the Super Bowl, but we're going to have the game this time around. So Mark Davis thanked everybody who helped get the Raiders here and the Super Bowl, and it is a very proud day. We'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. The other breaking news is all the COVID-19 positive tests that Cleveland had. I woke up today to see the news that Baker Mayfield and their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, have tested positive. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport and Judy Batista, Tom Pelissero, there were a bunch of them at in Dallas at the owners' meeting, and they reported this. Uh, well, frankly, what we're hearing on this end is that status is not going to change. They are right now prepared to go ahead with this game. Um, and, and frankly, I think that's what we should be prepared for in the coming days and weeks as they uh, try to finish the season uh, on time. We were talking to league officials last night as we knew that the, the numbers were piling up. Um, we didn't know about the Browns situation at that point, but the feeling was they had to figure out a way to get through it. There is no appetite for postponing games. They've had great good luck uh, up until this point but look I mean the season is short there's not much room even if you wanted to move games there's not much room to move them around Um, and the feeling is really they just need to hunker down and and get through this that they got through it last season and we didn't have a vaccine and so they they need to get through it now yeah and the Cleveland Browns obviously playing Saturday and as of now as Judy said no discussion of changing the status of the game at all they also played the next Saturday, so if you were going to move it, where would you actually move it? The NFL did this last year and still got through the season, but like Judy was saying, I don't sense at all uh, any appetite for moving games. If you look at the Cleveland Browns situation, it is a lot. It's, I mean, yeah. it is a lot. It. it is Baker Mayfield, 
It is Kevin Stefanski uh, with Mike Prefer, the special teams coach, stepping in as the interim. Um, Alex Van Pelt, the, the offensive coordinator, coming in as the play caller again, similar to last year when they, they won the playoff game without Stefanski, watched uh, very famously from his basement. Um, they have Jarvis Landry not there. They have Jedrick Wills uh, testing positive. I mean, Austin Hooper, on and on and on. Nearly 10 players more are coming as they are rerunning tests in Cleveland. Uh, very serious situation with the Browns, but I think, Judy, you know, one of the main issues from a league perspective is what do you do with it when you have so many players who have been fully vaccinated, some, Kevin Stefanski got, got the booster, tested positive, asymptomatic, what do you do? Yeah, we should underscore that that many of the players league-wide who are testing positive now are asymptomatic. That's the good news. They're, they're feeling good. Uh, the fact of the matter is, though, they're still in the COVID protocol and, and would miss games. So, uh, look, one of the questions that's going to be discussed here at these league meetings, as you said, is what do you do next? I mean, how, how do you get through it? I certainly would expect that we're going to hear more about increased mask wearing um, and, yeah. you know, going back to Zoom meetings, all the things we got familiar with happening last that's year. Um, I, I think we might revisit that. But um, certainly the feeling here is they're going to get through this. There's Again, there's not much much room if you wanted to move games around there's just not much room for it yeah. and frankly there's not much appetite for moving games anyway so we'll see where this heads but certainly this is the topic of conversation here so that is the reporting of nfl network earlier today it's a big deal this is a very important time in all of our lives because how our lives and politics uh, affect sports is a big deal because that's never happened before and how sports affects our lives so if all of a sudden sports teams can't play how are they going to let fans go to games who have COVID? Just think of that. We have a mandate here at Allegiant Stadium, which I support, where you need to be vaccinated to go into the stadium. A lot of my friends, not a lot, a few of my friends don't support that. So they're not going to games. Still sold out. But what happens if we get to the playoffs and players are affected and teams aren't able to be at full strength? What are the local politicians say in those communities? Are they going to say that we're going to go back to 50% capacity for NFL playoff games? Are they going to play in front of no fans? I don't know. I think that the whole world and the whole country has COVID fatigue. So I think what they'll ask us to do is put a mask on and just go to games that way. I don't think they're going to shut down economies around sports this late into COVID. But it might not be late into COVID. It might be two years into COVID lasting four years. I don't know when it's going to run out. And run its course. But the problem is it's never been worse now for the NFL. When you have nine out for the Rams. And remember, the Rams won that game, everybody. The Rams won that game. So I want to hear from Raider fans who are concerned about this game. There should be no concern. If the, if the Browns were at full strength, I would expect the Raiders to go win this game. They'd be a six-and-a-half-point underdog, and they'd be told to go win the game. Go win the game and save the season. Now, half the team's not playing for Cleveland. Will that put more pressure on the Las Vegas Raiders or less? More. Because if they lose this game, there's going to be no way to spin it. Not that you're spinning getting trounced by Kansas City, but you know where I'm going here. Jay in Vegas. Thanks for calling, Jay. You're up next. What do you got? Thanks for taking my call, JT, as always. Um, as far as uh, this game, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm, man, if we can't beat this team with so many players out, 
uh, man, I, I don't know. I don't know where to spin it, to be honest with you. Um, as far you know, and as far as like what their things that they're going through, I, I don't feel sorry for them one bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I remember last year uh, when the Raiders went through the same situation. <laughs> Nobody felt sorry for the Raiders, right? So look, man, they weren't smart. Uh, they got themselves in that situation. Well, now you have to field the team that you got to field, and you know, tough luck. But they better pull this game out. Yeah, because, but let me I mean, stop you for a second. You don't. Mm-hmm. I know you're saying tough luck. But you, you'd be happy. You'd want all those players to be healthy and come back. You want to play teams at full strength. Oh, most definitely. No, yeah. JT. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I want to have Baker Mayfield playing. I want to have uh, – I didn't get the list, but, you know, mm. uh, you know, I want Miles Garrett playing. I want uh, Kareem Hunt playing. Or uh, yeah. know, I want all of them playing. No, no doubt I want to beat them at full strength because, you know, you know how the media is going to twist it. it you know, oh, you beat a, a, a team that had eight players out or nine players out or whatever. So, no, I, want, I would like for the team to be at full strength, but they're not. So they have to take care of business. The Raiders have to take care of business. Hey, remember, um, Kansas, remember Kansas City beat the Packers, beat the Packers because Aaron Rodgers didn't play because he was immunized and he wasn't vaccinated, and that changed the game. If Aaron Rodgers plays in that game, Kansas City was awful. And so Kansas City, in the division of the Raiders, won a free game this year because Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated. And yes. they got a big break. So if the Raiders catch a break because Cleveland's down a few guys – no, everyone's going to move on to the next game. But if the Raiders, I'm taking it. The Ra- you better take it. If the Raiders go seven and seven, and we got another week to try to go eight and seven, uh, I mean, I'm buying extra Christmas presents if that happens. The kids are getting <laughs> extra gifts under the tree. I'll tell you that. You bet. You bet. <laughs> right. No, definitely. Now, as far as uh, I know, you got limited time, but you yeah. know, as far as with the, with the Super Bowl, man, I'm so excited. I'm uh, extremely excited. And I know right now things aren't going good, and people want to be doom and gloom. I'm an optimist. I'm a glass is half full. Uh, type of guy and you know what if, if people and i look at the big picture look jt if people can't get on board with mark davis and what he has done in these 10 years that he's been at the helm of this team i don't know what to tell you then you're just a fair weather fan you know mm-hmm. look he took over a team that was in a, in a bad shape uh cap wise what does he do he confides in john madden and ron wolf and they find Reggie McKenzie. Now, say what you will about his evaluator of talent that he was, Reggie McKenzie was, but he was damn good with contracts. And he got us out of that cap hell. That's a Mark, Mark Davis decision. He moves the team to Las Vegas. That's a Mark Davis decision. He brokers one of, if not the most beautiful stadium in, in the whole National Football League. That's a Mark Davis uh, uh, decision. Yep. Now we get the draft, Mark Davis decision. The Pro Bowl, now the Super Bowl. Now we get the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. In 10 years, 10 years, how can you not be excited? And now he only has all these boxes are checked. There's only one more box to me, in my opinion, that has to be checked, and that is just to equip Derek Carr with the necessary talent for him to move from an above-average quarterback to an elite quarterback. And I have firm belief that Mark Davis will get that done because that's next on the list. Yep, thanks Thanks, for the call. Look, again, Mark Davis has his critics. We know that, but I think it's really fair when fans call in and give him credit when he deserves it. And if you don't want to give him credit, you know, he signed John Gruden for the reasons he wanted him. And I thought that was not a good hire. I thought it was a great hire. And we, ne- we didn't think that this Washington football team investigation would lead to John Gruden's emails and him being forced to resign. John, you know, Mark Davis isn't the reason why Henry Ruggs was going 157 miles an hour and killed Tina Tintor. But when Mark Davis does something right, we give him credit. And as much time as I spend with him, all he wants to talk about is winning. All he cares about is winning. And when the team loses, he's damn pissed off. And he understands. 
the record since he's been owner. And he wants to turn it around. He loves the stadium, the entertainment, all of that. But he cares about winning football games. And I try to drive that point home for the people who care about it and want to have an open mind. The people who don't, I'm just done trying to convince them. I just move on in the parking lot. And I've been loyal to Mark Davis from day one because he's been good to me and my family. And I know he wants to win. And he's been put in a tough spot, a really tough spot, with a lot of situations that Raider fans are aware of. But today is a day to celebrate the organization getting the Super Bowl. But he cares about the football game. He knew he was going to get the Super Bowl. He knew he was going to get it for a while. But now he has to worry about beating the Browns, and that's an important game. The Browns game is massive because of the way the media is going to spin it if they don't win. If the Raiders don't win this game, we've talked about how hard it's been and how hard they come down on them. This will be an all-timer. So I really believe they have to play great and win the game. There's, there's zero need for motivation in this one, baby. You get me on that? Yannick Ngakwe, who I love, stood on the logo. He must have thought they needed some motivation. There's no need for motivation when you land in Cleveland and half the Cleveland Browns can't play. If that don't motivate your ass to get a good night's sleep and get up for the team meal and get to the stadium on the first bus instead of the second bus, I don't know what will. Get ready and win the game. JC in San Diego. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Uh, great show. Uh, first time caller. Um, just calling about the game on Saturday. I, I just get this bad feeling. Uh, we're going in somewhere where uh, we're going to be going up against a defensive lineman that's got more to play for than yeah. any other D lineman. I mean, he's going to be hungry and he's going to know what he's going up against. He's going to be going up against one of the worst. O-lines in the league. He knows that. He's going to wreck the game. We're going to go out there and try to run the ball three and outs all day. They're going to pound the ball 200 yards rushing. We're going to have the ball for like 15 minutes of the game, and they're going to just smash us. Worst matchup for the Raiders. Why are you so doom and gloom? Why can't you Why can't you hold this call to Tuesday if they don't win? Why are you crushing your team on the flagship and saying uh, well, it's, just, it's just over before? Should, why why should, should they even go? I'm t- it's just a bad feeling I'm getting. They, they've showed me nothing to okay. put me wrong. All right. Okay. I'm good with that. No, no, I'm good with that. We could have kept them up. I mean, I just it's just what we talked about, Damon, earlier today. Do you got to be that negative on a Wednesday? Like they're going to get crushed, and they might get crushed. And then we do that on Monday. But again, I, I cannot believe that some Raider fans really walk through life feeling like the worst possible thing's going to happen and really feel the need to pick up the phone and call. I mean, I don't get it. I've been a fan, a diehard fan my whole life. I've never made that type of call. I got my name. I made my name calling in on the Knicks back in the day into the Jim Rome show. It wasn't, hey, Jim. Knicks are going to get crushed against the Bulls on Saturday. Oh, they're going to get crushed. There was no, we're going to win. This is how. Support your team, man, on a Wednesday, especially with all this news out of Cleveland. I mean, that is really negative. But he has the right to be negative. We appreciate your phone call. We appreciate you listening, and we appreciate your passion. I'm just in a good mood this week because I'm not going into the holidays feeling bad, man. I got a wife and two kids and a dog. They deserve me to be in a holiday mood. I have a life off this freaking radio station where I'm not coming in here leading a doom and gloom charge. I am the champion of optimism with this team when they need optimism. There's plenty of time for doom and gloom when that time comes. It's not here on my plate today. Last night I had a big-time interview with Mary Kay Cabot 
from Cleveland.com. She's the number one Browns insider. Now, this was before Baker Mayfield tested positive. This was my conversation with her last night on SiriusXM when I welcomed her in after covering the big story. Oh, boy. Well, you know, news started to come down this morning that uh, that something was going down and that they were in the enhanced protocols and, uh, you know, people were getting texts and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, it was, you know, it developed as the morning went along. And then I think it was somewhere around, uh, yeah, 1 or one thirty that the Browns uh, finally came through with, with all the names. But we knew a little bit before that that, uh, that there were going to be some big-name players on the list. Uh, didn't know it was going to be four offensive starters, four more key guys, and, uh, you know, now they, uh, they're going to really have a challenge on Saturday against the Raiders. Well, take me through the fact that they're vaccinated and what the protocol looks like to the best of your knowledge on how they can test negative and get back in time, not for Sunday, but as you said, on Saturday for the Raiders who come in. Well, it's, it's a long shot. I mean, I really, really do not think that the players who tested positive or went on the list today are going to make it back by Saturday because they have to be activated by Friday at 4 p.m. And they have to return two negative tests by then. And that's very, very tricky, especially if they have any symptoms. If you have any symptoms at all, uh, you're not, you know, you're not getting back in time for this game. So I highly doubt any of them are, are going to be back and not even 100% certain that some of the guys that went on the list last week will be back in time for this game because it's a short week. Mary Kay Cabot is our guest. It's so, it's so hard to go back on the timeline, and you know as you enter the facility and you cover the team, if you're wearing a bracelet, what tier you're at, I'm at that tier for the Raiders covering the team. You just don't know when the players, when they left the building, got it. They weren't traveling. They were home against Baltimore. So if you look through just the timeline of all this, uh, is there anybody talking about how this could have happened in that many players so quickly? Is there anybody guessing about how this could have came about? Well, you know, part of it is, too, that they had the bye week before they played the Ravens. So they were all out, you know, scattered all over the country. And I was thinking, you know, it was kind of a bad time uh, to, you know, to have a bye week, to be, you know, just going out and about and socializing and getting with family members and going back to your college for football games and just flying on airplanes. Uh, it occurred to me that this time of year was not going to be ideal for that to be happening. And a couple of guys, as I mentioned, started to come down with, uh, you know, test positive last week, Dave Njoku, uh, Anthony Walker, the linebacker, and then the punter, Jamie Gillen last week, they all missed the game the Ravens game, and then, you know, so you don't know if then does it go from there? Do they catch it from, you know, people that were inside of the building mm. leading up to the game or, you know, or, or whatever the case may be? It's, it's really hard to say. I mean, you can never really pinpoint the origin of how someone got it. Browns insider Mary Kay Cabot, kind enough to join us. So, Mary Kay, this is interesting. One more question about the team overall and their overall vaccination rate as you've been covering them since before preseason. Was this ever an issue at any point in time? Because I'm assuming their vaccination rate is very high and them being vaccinated will obviously help this team try to get back, as you said, maybe not for Saturday, but get going again. And that's a big story around the NFL, getting as many players as possible vaccinated. What were the rates like for the Browns before this? 
Oh, I think they were in the 90 percentile. I mean, mm-hmm. they had, you know, 90-some percent of their players vaccinated. So they're just like everybody else. I think everybody got to around that point for the most part. Um, so, yeah, they were, you know, they were right in line with everyone. And, um, you know, that, that really wasn't an issue. Maybe even a little higher than, you know, the low 90s. I'm not really sure uh, what, you know, what the exact number is. But, uh, you know, they were doing what they had to do. Uh, it's just it's just going to be a, a tough next few weeks because they are in a dogfight for their playoff lives. They need to win pretty much every single one of these games. They can maybe afford to lose to the Packers, but that's it. You know, they've, they've got to win everything else if they want to get into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, and now it looks a little bit dicey, but I still think they can beat the Raiders because uh, it just seems like the Raiders are, you know, struggling and, don't necessarily have it all together. They're catching the Raiders at the right time of their season, I think. And and the Browns still have a pretty dominant defense. So I still think they can pull it off. Mary Kay Cabot, as we wrap it up, that's an interesting point because as I sit in Vegas, the Raiders are desperate. The Raiders blew games against Washington and Cincinnati that were very close. The Giants earlier in the year, but as you know, they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Baltimore, they beat Dallas on Thanksgiving, and no team's been through the adversity that Las Vegas has been through with the Gruden emails and resignation and the fatality car accident with Henry Ruggs. And the message out here is if you beat Cleveland, you have the same record as Cleveland, 7-7, seven and seven, and you have them on the tiebreaker. So... As much as the Raiders are struggling, are the Browns aware that they have their back up against the wall? They're just as desperate for a win, but you're right. They've been struggling mightily and got blown out in Kansas City. Yeah, and, you know, it just seems to me like that's, uh, you know, that's a tough thing to have to overcome. Uh, a beat down like that and then a short week and have to travel here to Cleveland. Uh, so it, it seems to me like it, it would be tough for them to pull it off. Uh, but, you know, hey, if Darren Waller makes it back, I mean, that changes the game. Uh, but I'll tell you what, this Cleveland defense is is just red hot right now. They have mm-hmm. 11 takeaways in their last five games. That includes eight interceptions. They're, you know, they're, they're playing very aggressively. A lot of their young guys have really, you know, just are hitting their stride. So I think it's going to be a tough game, especially if Darren Waller doesn't play. And finally, Mary Kay, you're reporting on Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield and their relationship from the beginning when you started covering them for the first time they came together as a unit till now. What is that relationship like? Are they on the same page completely going forward? I would think it would have to be better with this major, major issue with the COVID. Baker's the leader of the team as the quarterback, the head coach. They have to be on the same page. What's that relationship like? Well, you know, I mean, there, there hasn't been anything that, you know, that's been, you know, outwardly, uh, you know, noticeable between the two of them. I think there's just more of a vibe of, uh, you know, a little bit of a disconnect on a few things, including, uh, you know, some of the play calling. I think that Baker would like to have, uh, you know, a more open offense. I think he'd like to have more, you know, just, you know, three wides more often or uh, you know, just an opportunity to take more shots downfield. And this is a very, right now, a run-oriented, three tight end, sometimes, you know, three tight end, two tight end offense. And um, so I think in some ways they haven't necessarily seen eye-to-eye in terms of schematics. But, you know, it's nothing that anybody has, you know, you can't mm-hmm. tell. It's not like they walk past each other and won't talk. I mean, they, they have 
an open line of communication. I just think philosophically they're just maybe not in the exact same place right now. Mary Kay, thanks for making time for us. I know you had a really busy day covering this story. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, so that was Mary Kay Cabot from last night as she joined me on Mad Dog Sports Radio. And now they've added more players to their COVID protocol. So it's the biggest story in sports today, along with the Raiders getting the Super Bowl in Vegas, Super Bowl 58. So for the Raiders, they have to step up and play and treat this like there is no COVID. And they're playing Cleveland at full strength because Cleveland's going to be ready to go. That entire city is going to be rallying behind this team on Saturday. It's a massive national story. And the Raiders have to be prepared to play great, play their best football, and turn the season around. The only way I see it, the rest of the week we'll be previewing the Browns. I have the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan, coming up. Can't wait to talk to him. But next, the president of the Raiders, Dan Ventrelli, joins us from Dallas at the owners' meetings as the Raiders get the news today and make the announcement formally that they will host the Super Bowl in two years. JT, Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Best tacos in Vegas. Jump on them. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Sam and Ash, proud partners of JT and the Raider Nation. If you get into an accident, call 702-820-1234. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. JT, back with you as we continue right here on Raider Nation Radio. 920 AM, the flagship of the Silver and Black. We go back to Dallas. The president of the Raiders, Dan Ventrelli, joins us after the Super Bowl announcement. Dan, appreciate you coming on today. Big day in Raider history. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, JT. Tell us about this, and thanks for coming on. And this was a long time in the wor- working here, but really a short time when you think about the history of the NFL, Mark Davis bringing the team to Southern Nevada, and the fact that the NFL and the owners rewarded us with the Super Bowl. Tell us what you saw in the meetings and what this has been like the last couple of days. I think you're right. I think that that's a good way to put it, right? We feel like we've been working on it for a long time, but really the short time in which Southern Nevada and Las Vegas have become an attractive destination for so many NFL events is really amazing, right? I mean, today is obviously the capstone in that with the Super Bowl, right? The biggest event in the world. But um, remember, the NFL is coming for the Pro Bowl. The NFL is coming for the draft. I mean, we've really established Las Vegas as the place to be in the NFL. And That's something that we're all proud of, that obviously this community has done an exceptional job of representing itself to the league and making it an attractive destination. Dan Ventrelli is our guest. And, Dan, I think you nailed that with the work that went on behind the scenes. We heard Mark thank everybody. We played that live earlier. But behind the scenes, especially the construction of the stadium on time and the vision for the stadium, and then everybody coming together, this has been a great community to work with. Can you talk about that since hitting the ground in Vegas with all the big projects that you and the entire organization had in front of you, how this came to fruition, and the league owners all agreed that this was the right time two years from now for Super Bowl 58? Yeah, I agree. This is really about that community. I mean, it's really an exceptional alignment of very influential people who have been involved in this from the beginning. And it's 
very um, rewarding to see the effort that all of those good people put into making the team here, the city and NFL city, the building a reality, and really the tremendous community effort that was behind it. You know, I know Mark mentioned um, Governor Sandoval, Governor Sislak, Steve Hill was obviously there, Marilyn Kirkpatrick and the county commission, and Sheldon Allison's vision behind it. We've had an exceptional alignment of influential people, but also the community at large, right? I mean, the way the business community got behind it, the way the resort community got behind it, the way organized labor got behind it. I mean, this was really an exceptional alignment of people and interests that all got behind something and wanted to have a unified vision to create something great and did that. And it's just rewarding to see that recognized by the league and the other owners. And it's really a testament to this great community and all of the contributions from those constituencies. The president of the Raiders, Dan Ventrelli, is our guest on the flagship Raider Nation radio. You mentioned Steve Hill, and Steve talked about the hotel rooms and the mass hotel rooms in the city. I remember covering Super Bowl in Jacksonville where they had to bring in ocean liners and ships because they didn't have enough hotel rooms. And other markets have hotels, but it's spread out. I think what fans are going to love most about this, and we were there and together up in San Francisco and loved the Bay Area, but San Francisco was the host city and the game was out in Santa Clara. This is the perfect fit from the strip corridor to the stadium and all the hotels from downtown on the strip and the surrounding area. So I think the owners, what was that like, Dan? The owners get this. They've been to Vegas before, but a lot of them haven't been to Vegas as owners of their team since Allegiant Stadium opened up. What was your feedback from other presidents and other owners? Everybody that's been to the building or to the market since we've been there has had exactly the same reaction to it. Um, They're blown away by how great the building and the community and the entire effort around it are. It's a great place to play. It's a great place to visit. It's a great community to be part of. And that just shines through everything that we do. And it shines through the effort in that room, too. You know, people recognize it and see it. And it's not just the, you know, the, the metrics like the hotel rooms or things like that. It's really that this market and this community know how to do an event of this magnitude. And people respect and appreciate that and can't wait to see it. Um, It's a Herculean effort no matter where you do it, no matter what city it is or what market it is to put on a Super Bowl. But we lose sight of the fact because it's so ordinary to us. It's what we see them do all the time. But this city knows how to do that. And this city will do that exceptionally well. And we're very confident that... Once that game is here for the first time, everybody's going to be enthusiastic about wanting to come back over and over again. Because just like you said, this is the perfect place for that game, for that event, and for that spectacle to be embraced by everybody. Hey, Dan, last one. You and I have talked several times recently about the Clear app and the protocol to get into Allegiant Stadium. And now the breaking news around the NFL with COVID numbers rising and the Cleveland Browns that it just so happens that the Raiders are playing in Cleveland. And I know this is very fluid at this time, but can you talk about it from Dallas, how important this topic is with protocol and what the league needs to concentrate on going forward, especially the protocol of every team here so we can get the rest of the regular season in and obviously the postseason? Sure. I mean, like a lot of things in this environment, things are moving fast. You have to really focus on controlling the things that you can control. And a lot of it's out of our control, but that's why we implemented this program at the start of the season. We knew that 
this thing was unpredictable. We didn't know where it would go, but we knew that if we put in place this vaccination requirement and had an efficient and streamlined way for people to be able to um, verify their vaccination status and be able to come to the building, that people could be confident and feel like they were in a safe environment. And we've said it all year that that health and safety is our number one priority and that we wanted to create certainty so that the building could stay full and people didn't have to wear masks. And, um, you know, now as you see the variables changing, it's exactly what we talked about. We're trying to create a predictability and certainty in that building and have that be a safe place. And so, you know, the fact that people are more aware of that being important now because of these shifts, um, you know, is, is, noteworthy but at the same time you know we were proactive to try to prepare for whatever turn could come from this thing and make sure that we could create a healthy and safe environment no matter where it went so i think we're well situated now we're obviously continuing to you know stay on our toes and monitor it and do whatever we can but this is the very reason why we were proactive in trying to protect it in the first place well the countdown is on february 11th 2024 the raiders Awarded Super Bowl 58 formally today in Dallas. Dan, it's been a real busy day for you, the owner, everyone else down there. Thanks for making time for us on the flagship. Thank you. Such a privilege to represent this community and to bring a great event like this to it. Thank you, Dan. Darius, Dan Ventrelli, president of the Raiders from Dallas. As we've had a big day today on Raider Nation Radio, uh, this is what this flagship station was built for, right? Breaking news today, the Super Bowl, breaking news, Cleveland Browns, COVID, and for the great fans of the Raider Nation to have a voice and talk on all these topics. So we appreciate Dan coming in here and all the work that went in. You know, it's really interesting. I just wanted to make this, tell you this quick story. Napoleon McCallum helped do this deal, working with Sands, the former running back of the Raiders, and his vision of going to Mark Davis on behalf of Sheldon Adelson and kind of helping put that relationship together. One of the richest men in the world, one of the most powerful men in the world before he passed away. And Mark's pointed out Napoleon a number of times. And um, Napoleon's been a friend of mine for a long time. We were both the team of the voice and the analyst for the original Las Vegas Outlaws. So Napoleon and I were chosen by John Sandler, who's the voice of UNLV basketball, to be the voice of the Las Vegas Outlaws. And at that time, Napoleon never did a game in his life. I never did a game in our life. But we got the opportunity, and we traveled on the road together for a year. And I'm traveling with Napoleon, and he's calling the games, and he's trying to find his radio legs. And I'm doing radio my whole life, but I've never done play-by-play. So I'm trying to do it. We're on the team plane, which really wasn't a team plane. We were flying commercial. But we were doing the games in the greatest stadiums in the country. We did a game in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. We did a game at Soldier Field. Did a game at the Liberty Bowl. Did a game in San Francisco. Then it was Pac-12, Pac-Bell Park, and now it's AT&T. And we really had a bond, and we became good friends. And now we sit in the same section at the Raider games, and we hang out with our wives, and I am so proud to call him a friend because I remember Napoleon telling me when this started, in confidence, that something was brewing. And there was a chance that the Raiders can come to Vegas. And I couldn't say anything at the time for obvious reasons, and it happened. It's a great day today for Napoleon McCallum for what he did. He's a family man. He's a man of faith. He's an unbelievable human being. I mean, he's one of the best people I know. 
And I just, it was great. I had tingles coming when I heard Mark Davis say his name at the NFL owners' meetings. One of Al Davis's former players, one of the greatest midshipmen, a Navy grad, a Navy grad to help come up with this vision. Today's a great day for Napoleon. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. I'm wide open till the top of the hour. I got 20 minutes to take your calls from all over the country on the Raiders mobile app. Today's the day you want to call in. And put your voice down and tell me years from now you called in on the day of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl announcement. Raider Nation, what do you think? And what is your concern now about the Cleveland game? We're going to start those calls right now until Friday. With Cleveland with all of their COVID protocol issues, how do you think this benefits the Raiders? You think it might be obvious? Maybe it's not. Because there's a lot of different guys that are out and plenty of good players in. Rick Show is brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town and an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Stone, a tap back, patch ready to the middle. He shoots and he scores. It once again trickled through the goaltender. Swayman arguing with the referee says that there was interference. Pacioretty appears to have his second goal of the day. And Vegas has a 4-0 lead five minutes into the second. How about VGK? Getting the road trip going, beating the Bees? Keep it up. Great games as of late. When this team is at full strength and they have Jack Eichel, oh, wow. Cannot wait to see and go to more games. Buried right now, especially on the weekends. But I can't wait to get back in the building and see the Vegas Golden Knights play more. JT, back with you as we wrap it up. I want to thank our friends at Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Charles Woodson built his legend on a Hall of Fame career, and now he's doing it with his bourbon whiskey, which is fantastic. You can get it inside M Resort Spa and Casino next time. If it's not your bourbon whiskey already, it should be now. It's Charles Woodson, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. All right, so a couple of things. We talked about the Super Bowl today. Dan Vantrelli, the president, Mary Kay Cabot on the Browns and what's happening with them. Bill Williamson, Raider Insider. So Thursday, Friday, we put the game plan in, and we'll get really in-depth about what has to happen for the Raiders to win this game. This is it. This is the last chance, and the Raiders look to be getting a break. Look to be getting a break, but remember, it's only Wednesday, and the game is on Saturday. I have a hunch that a number of these players are going to clear protocol. Some are going to clear, and they're going to be able to go. But they got to clear by Friday. Remember, so this is if it was a Sunday game, they'd have to clear by Saturday, and they'd have a good chance of getting many of them back. But it could be tough here, and the league's got to follow their protocol. They can't bend the rules for the Browns because it might be a playoff opportunity for them. So it's tough. Uh, fortunately, all these players are vaccinated. I hope most of them come back. And the Raiders just have to play a good game. They have to play a really good game and get back to Raider football, which they played. Multiple times this year. I was on a radio show yesterday in Cleveland. And they said, JT, what happened to this team? Why are they so bad? I go, so bad? Team was 3-0, and 5-2, and 6-3. and Go back and look at the tape. They weren't a bad football team. Ever since the Henry Ruggs tragedy, the coaching change, and then some of the issues with injuries, they played poorly. They're not a bad football team. They're just playing poorly. Can they start playing better again? I don't care if it's high school, college, or the pros. If you're in a bit of a slump, get out of it. Get out of the slump and find a way to start playing better again. It happens with baseball. The Dodgers will go on a road trip, lose four or six. Are they a bad team? No. They were just playing poorly. you got to start picking up the pace of these games and play with energy. Play with emotion. 
I want to see players on the bench. When was the last time, and you might be better than me, and you saw it. When was the last time, I think they showed Max Crosby slam his helmet. He was on the bench. When was the last time you saw a Raider player go down the line of the bench and do anything? Anybody? I saw Tom Brady do it the other night. He's 40, what, 3 or 44? He got up and went the length of the bench. High fives, high five, high fives, hitting people, going, let's go. Let's get that going. Let's get some body language going in Cleveland. How about some short sleeves like Lyle Alzado? How about going in there, pumped up, ready to go and hit somebody? Sal in Arizona on the flagship. Hello, Sal. Hey, thank you for taking my call, JT. Thank you, um, Personally, I'm from your neck of the woods. I'm originally from New York, born and raised, and moved out to Arizona years ago. Um, I've always been a Raider fan back in New York, circa 1974, 1975, when I was just 10 or 11 years old. And there was no internet back then. There was no satellite TV. So you followed. I followed the Raiders through that uh, Pat Summerall and uh, TV show, the highlights. And, of course, when they played on Monday night or any time they played the Jets or the Giants locally. I've always been a fan. I always root like a fan. I've never seen the negativity that I've seen from a Raider fan base as I have in the last couple of years. To think that you're going to go into a game, regardless of how you played the week before, uh, regardless of how the, the month has gone, to go into a game where you're literally saying, hey, we shouldn't even bother to show up because we ain't going to win because they ain't shown, shown us anything. This is a week-to-week league. It's a game-to-game league. Mm-hmm. Momentum switches on the drop of a dime. So I'm convinced I will always root that the Raiders will turn it around. And when they play good, even when they had that three-game winning streak, I went into it where this is a new game, this is a new week, anything can happen, so they've got to keep that up. But never, never have I seen some of the negativity on social media, on the radio, on TV programs. It's just flabbergasts me that you can be a Raider fan and go uh, go into a game thinking that, you know, we just might as well show up doesn't matter if the other team's got 15 players missing, uh, injuries galore. Everybody's just, uh, um, not everybody, a majority of Raider fans are convinced that we're not going to win. And even if we do win and do run off four straight, what are we going to do? They're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Sal, let me tell you, I, I, don't mind, I don't mind the Raider fans who don't think they're playing well and don't think they can win. I, I mind fans in any sport who go on the Facebook page of the team and go directly at the players and leave post in their real name and are that negative. Just lay off of that. If you don't think the team's going to win, don't call that week or call in and try to hope that they win. But you're right. I mean, we've been pretty lucky. You know, for my 23 years covering the Raiders, most of the fans and everyone I have meet, everyone I meet in public is really excited to talk Raiders with me and have a great time. It's just the trolls. It's just the trolls on social media who are out there that bring the negativity. The majority of the fans are pretty positive and want to win all the time. Yeah, I, I'll give you a story real quick. At the st- On September 11th, the Saturday before mm-hmm. the, um, the, um, um, the opener, the Monday night yeah. opener, I had a heart attack. I was scheduled for triple bypass surgery that Monday mm-hmm. uh, a- afternoon. It got postponed 
to uh, Tuesday. But the only thing my doctor, my surgeon asked me, is there any questions for you, for, for me about the surgery? And I said, my only question is, will I be able to watch the Raider game tonight? Wow. And, and he was like, that's what you're concerned about? I said, that's <laughs> what I'm concerned about. You can rip my chest open. You can operate on right. my heart. But make sure that it turned out that they had to postpone the surgery till the okay. till the the next day. But that's just the way I'm bred. It's Thank I've got to I've got to watch the Raider game. You're diehard. You're diehard. I got to run, fan. The show's wrapping up. That's a diehard fan. Thanks to BillsHappen.com. Easy online. BillsHappen.com if you need cash as early as tomorrow. Doghouse Saloon, my home for Monday night football. SamAndAshInjuryLaw.com. Grimaldi's Pizza, best pizza I've ever had. Woodson Whiskey. Modelo, brute for those with a fighting spirit. Five Iron Golf. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Oh, my great friends at Sam and Ash. Keep doing business with them. And everybody, PTs. Go over to the Strat over the holidays and see what they've done. Wahoo's Fish Taco. We got a lot of partners on the show. I got most of them in. AnnieTires.com. All of my friends who support the show, thank you.